everybody and welcome to I'm talking here I had to space it out because last week I got completely wrong so I had to really think about it today did you have like the phonetics of it in your head as you were saying it just to make sure you were on the right track I really did I was quite worried about it but I'm glad we're over it now and it came off okay so welcome to the I'm Talking Here podcast with me, Aaron Day. And me, Rob Brent. And, and here's Adam. Adam. Hello. Oh, that was quite nice. Thank you. More forward. More forward. Less nice smile on the face. Less scared. <laughs> I'm glad you like it this time. Mm-hmm. I see you were drinking a can of Lilt yes. today, Adam. You're going for a tropical mm, vibe for I go for podcast. the totally tropical taste of Lilt, pineapple and grapefruit. Do we have a sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what we do have? What? We have a producer friend. Oh, you, oh okay. Yeah. He liked it. So last week we reviewed The Girl With All The Gifts, which is a, a very good uh, British zombie thriller. And uh, we we let Camille, uh, I'm sorry if Camille if I pronounce this wrong, Camille Gatin, Camille Gatton, who's one of the producers of the film, we let her know that we really liked it. And she, she liked our, uh, she liked our tweet, Rob. Oh, it doesn't mean she listened to it though. So, <laughs> Camille, if you are listening... Sorry for butchering your name. Sorry for, first of all, butchering your surname. Um, but let us know. Uh, tweet us back at TalkingHereRBAD. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from anybody who is listening on our <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, what have we got for this week, Rob? So, today, we've got, uh, we're doing all things Pixar. So, we're going to yes. pitch our perfect Pixar film. What yep. should they do next? Uh, we're going to do a, a spoiler-free Toy Story 4 review. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to then do a nice The Good, The Bad and The Bad on. Finish off with some 30-second recommendations. And also receive the answer to films behaving badly. Whatever you want to call it. Okay, films gone wrong, whatever. I say plots behaving badly. Plots behaving badly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Or plot twist. Oh, that works even better. Oh. Yeah, work. What about if you say it like Sigrid from the song... Uh, plot twist. I don't. Plot twist. <laughs> no, no, not no, that one. No, I don't know that song. Plot twist. Do you need me to spell it out loud? You screwed it up. Plot twist. Move on. Oh, now that's very you apt for what I've just done. <laughs> to play games like a wannabe. Wannabe. That song. I oh, love it. I loved your dance as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's unfortunate that no one else could have witnessed. So that. we're going to call it plot twist. Okay. Yes. Okay. Plot twist. We'll do that. Plot twist. Can I sing it? The yeah, jingle of every week. Can. Oh, please no. <laughs> right, let's, let's go move on. So, in celebration of the recently released Toy Story 4, we thought to ourselves, hmm, I wonder what Pixar is up to next. And whatever Pixar's up to next, whatever plot or uh, what we are going to pitch as what we think is the next Pixar film mm-hmm. will trounce whatever they've got in mind. Well, there is, there is two that we do know about. Okay, go on. Um, so we've got Onward, which is going to have Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, uh, and they're playing elves. It's like a land of fantasy, but where everyone's forgotten about the, the magic of it, and they go off on a, a musical magic tour or something. Um, and there's also another... The other one I'm more excited for, because it's Pete Doctor who's doing this one, and it's called Soul that's all we know but knowing from like inside out that could be something really special mm. but then there's three others uh, they don't have titles yet but we've got three to pitch so maybe they'll they'll take our ideas on board okay and, and make our films okay who's going first you're going first i'm going first yeah okay. go for it so pitch us your pixar film right here we now go. there has to be i would imagine certain Tropes that have to be included within it in order, oh, no. for, yeah, in order <laughs> right, for it okay, to what, feel. What, it's got to feel like a Pixar movie. So what, yeah. what are my tropes? Give me my tropes. I don't want to look foolish. Okay, inside the minds or behaviour of things that you wouldn't usually think of. Yeah. Um, That's a mixture <laughs> of comedy and tragedy. Yeah. Um, Friendship. Right. Yeah. Adventure. I yeah, I can do that. Um, it. it some very inspired choices of voiceovers of, of, yeah. of, of, <laughs> or character voices, I should say. Right, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a takeaway message. Takeaway message. 
perhaps a part of life or a part of the world that we don't often see or think about too much that is okay, brought okay. to life. Okay, okay. I, th- I think I can do that. Right. I think I've got all those things. When okay. you're ready, you have 12 seconds. So, cheers. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Toy Story 4 as well shows this. Uh, but one thing Pixar have really started to master now and they'd like to show off with is that animation for water, which was always a difficult thing to do. Uh, especially if you grow up with video games, it was always a difficult thing to do. And Pixar, I think, have mastered their, their water features. So I want to bring that to the front, and I'm going to do a story about a raindrop. Okay. okay. So this raindrop is going to be voiced by Dave Batista. Okay. <laughs> Dave Batista, the raindrop. And it's going to be that he wants to be. So Raindrax. Oh, Raindrax. Nice. <laughs> I was going to go with his name's Wilson. To be Rain Wilson, but Rain Drax Very is good. better. Yeah. Um, so Rain Drax, um, <laughs> he 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 goes on his first um, expedition to be a raindrop, and he falls from the sky, and unfortunately he doesn't make the ground. He doesn't make it. Where does he go? Well, he gets evaporated back up into the oh. sky. I looked into this as well. This is a real thing. It's called phantom raindrops. Okay. <laughs> so that's a raindrop that doesn't make it to the ground. So it starts to fall, but then it starts to fall, but actually evaporates. It's too little. It's too little and it goes back up. Okay. So it's going to be all about Dave Batista. He wants to prove that he can do it. He can reach the ground and he can be the fastest raindrop ever to fall from the sky. So he starts to get really big and bulk up. Um, (laughs) And do you want spoilers? We'll go full on this. He achieves it. He achieves his dream. Okay. But what he realizes is that just by being one raindrop, and landing on the floor doesn't really mean much and he needs to be a part of a community so then all the raindrops are inspired by him and they all fall together and cause a massive storm but they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> they're happy about it and it's called no pain no rain i like it how's that <laughs> directed by brad bird as well so it's gonna okay. be wonderful so uh uh okay so, so, uh, <laughs> let's go with first of all uh, the sense of there has to be a sense of uh, treacherousness. Mm-hmm. Danger, we can go all over the globe. Danger. Maybe he lands in a desert. <laughs> <laughs> this makes absolutely no sense. When does he land in the desert? So he, he, they all go off together. Create a storm. Lands, lands in the ocean. He's like, oh no, how so, do I get out of the ocean? So he becomes a bigger part of a bigger community. Yeah, because it's all water, isn't it? But then he, like, the kraken awakes because there's too many raindrops walking in. They don't understand the how mass, to be a raindrop. The massive raindrops at one time wakes the kraken. Mm. Right? Then, but the kraken wouldn't really do anything to a raindrop. It yeah. Then. It's set up for a sequel, basically. When did we get into Greek mythology? I was going to say, I don't like the Kraken. Why not? Because that's, <laughs> that's a bit left field. That's, I mean, that's no longer being directed like, by Brad Bird. Say, that's I've... now being directed by... Why don't I like, get David Lynch? <laughs> Michael... no, it's now no. being directed by Michael Bay or something. Michael no, Bay. no, no. So it needs to... And as well, this is what Pixar do is they take a concept, think in Toy Story, and they think, how does that work? And they, they, they stick very close to yeah. that. Okay. Think so krakens we, aren't real? But no, but if you introduce a kraken, <laughs> you're introducing a whole host of other things that could potentially be there. We need to keep it grounded in reality. I know it's a fucking <laughs> raindrop, but um, you need to keep it with, within th- that sort of realm. So how how it, rain How works. does it actually end? So like they how all jump end? off together. So well, they cause a massive storm and well, cause a displacement of millions of people due to... Yeah, so we link it then to Pixar theory. So that's why then people like leave and stuff because of this massive storm. So you have like it's terrifying for the humans, and they're all like ah, but the raindrops are really happy. That's all that matters. So the message of the film is: as long as you're happy, as long as it you're doesn't happy. matter what everyone else. Exactly, thinks. exactly. Brilliant. That to me, <laughs> that wasn't my original message, but I quite like that. Okay, would, would you like to hear mine? Yeah, if you have to. Carnage Square. Who was the? Who is the? Carnage to the power of eight. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who was the best character in the film Finding Nemo? Dory. The shark at the beginning. Correct. Bruce. Bruce. 
I'm thinking... Is he doing a spin-off? I'm thinking Finding Bruce. Finding Bruce. Yep. And his adventures of being a, a effectively a vegetarian shark in a world where everybody is expecting him to be a meat eater. And the moral of the story is about you trying to, you know... Not be a shark. Not, well, no, <laughs> oh, no, be a shark. Be a shark. I don't eat sharks. Yeah, but no. be, be your definition of a shark. Don't be a yeah. cannibal. In this world Don't where be defined by what in, you are. Yeah, and in this in this world where we are constantly categorized and put into a box in terms of our identity and gender and things like that, this idea of Bruce being a shark that loves being a shark, yeah, he identifies as a shark, but he doesn't identify as having shark like characteristics in terms of being a meat eater, I think is a wonderful message good. for this world. Do you think Bruce could carry out a whole film though? Because I, I mean I well, yeah, no, there, there will be times. Yeah. So he's got a so I'm thinking, yeah, one of his mates is like a tiny animal that you wouldn't expect to be a meat eater, but is the biggest meat eater. A squirrel. Or like a angelfish. Oh, or right. like, you know but but is is really quite cute but it's actually devilish in his or her uh, meat eating uh, and Bruce who's the one that is actually supposed to be the big meat eater mm. is trying to curtail his friend from from such a now there are points where Bruce you know does falter you know and there are moments where it cuts to him you know, sort of pulling, 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 pulling fish bones out. Deep sea diver. Pulling, pulling fish bones out from sort of in between his Merges teeth with stuff. the Meg. Jason Statham comes along. Just gets Look, taken don't, out. Don't ruin Finding Bruce. Or no, don't ruin the Meg. new ideas. Yeah, don't ruin the Meg. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Finding find Bruce. But it's about... It's, it's about inter- finding it's himself. Inter- finding himself. Mm. That, that, find himself in terms of who the oh. kind of shark that he wants to be, not what everybody else is expecting him to be. I like the idea behind it. I mean, you did watch the film Raw recently, yes, and I, I feel did. like that might have influenced <laughs> your decision today. No, I I I immediately ate some meat after that. <laughs> <laughs> raw meat. <laughs> A dog. Yeah. I'll talk about Raw later. I mean, uh, a bit, though. Heard the theory. You know, finding Nemo. Mm. Nemo in Latin is apparently nobody. So the film's actually called Finding Nobody. It's about uh, a dad whose all his children have been killed, and he just goes and pro- he's in post traumatic stress, and he's imagined everything in the film. That's too. That's too, for me. That would be too deep and too harrowing a theory for it to be correct. That's horrendous. Um, yeah. that's apparently, that's because Neo is probably nobody in Latin. I haven't checked this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone on Instagram went, "Do you know this?" I'm like, oh. "I do now. I do now." <laughs> Might what? not be true. <laughs> Well done for bringing the I, darkness, Adam. I do like the premise. Yeah, I, I, I think with it being, well, it's almost. It would the be third a slightly one. darker. It would be a slightly darker Pixar within film, the but... Finding trilogy. Yeah, that that would be the only struggle. But would it be set like before that. Finding Nemo or after? Oh, that's a good question. I feel it'd be better before. So as a prequel. Yeah. I think so we... how we came to be yeah. a vegetarian. I shark. think it might work better that way. Because he's already established as being a vegetarian. I, I would want to know yeah, what sort of vegetation there is underwater. Seaweed. Oh, God, what a rubbish diet, though. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, maybe just that's the seaweed. message at the end that he does just go and eat eats meat. Eat people to survive. Yeah. That's the message of the you film. You've got to do what you got to do. As long as you're happy, it doesn't matter about <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> no, that's your Pixar message, not mine, all right? Adam, how about you? I've done one based on a true story. Okay. True story. Yeah, but it's going to be like altered a bit. <laughs> right, okay. But as soon as you said near Pixar, film, I thought this ca- this character deserves a Pixar film. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, Jumbo the elephant. <laughs> oh, <God>. Jumbo. <laughs> Do you know about Jumbo? I don't, but I think the okay. I think the, the the closeness to Dumbo makes it a little bit. But yeah, maybe Jumbo swallow. inspired Dumbo. So yeah. tell me, tell me about. Jumbo. <laughs> well, Jumbo, I'll tell you the truth, sorry, I'll tell you the film. So basically, Jumbo was um, the biggest elephant ever. Right. How big was he or she? Oh, very big. Imagine a big elephant, a bit bigger than that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and was really close friends with like all the other animals and like his owner. And he used to, well, I'll have to change for the film, but he used to have like a pint of beer with his owner every night. We'll probably change. A pint of beer? Yeah. Right, hold on. So. 
this is a this yeah. Is I said a, we'll have to change this for the film. But, but where, I'll just tell you this. But where in the world did this happen? Um, it must be America. P. T. Barnum bought the elephant. Right. Um, and then what happened was uh, the elephant got in a fight with a train, and the, to protect uh, some younger elephants, and the train won. You're gonna have this <laughs> film. That's the end of so, just... so the ending of this Pixar film is that <laughs> the elephant that you've been down. watching this entire time, and Pixar would probably give this elephant a voice yeah, as well, that's gets mowed down by a train. No. He, was, he was constantly drunk because he was no. drinking pints every day. Has, has a fight with a train. What do you mean fight? You're <laughs> suggesting that the train's if you look at the pic- If you look at the pictures at the time, right... Jumbo. How many years ago are we talking that this happened? Um, P.T. Barnum times, isn't it? 18. 1920. P.T. Barnum? From The Greatest Showman. I've not seen it. <gasps> the real life P.T. Barnum. Is yeah. no, I, 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 wasn't thinking, <laughs> I wasn't thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I didn't realise that Hugh Jackman and P.T. Barnum were the exact same person. Well, if I'll clarify for the listeners. Anyway, right? So basically... <laughs> And, but you see, this is how the actual film will go, right? Okay. So, like, it's this elephant. Mm. And he's quite like, um, <laughs> and he's quite like thinking about his new locations, like, ooh, I don't know if I'll fit in. Yeah. And then Because he, he's so big. Yeah. He's, and then when he gets bigger. And he drinks pints. <laughs> he drinks pints. And, but then, like, he makes friends with, like, all the, like, baby elephants. Yeah. Right? And, like, teaches them life. Yeah. So like, and they, but the conflict is really when P.T. Barnum buys them, because P.T. Barnum was a horrible person in real life, and he didn't sing a lot apparently. Right. So like, there's like, tr- he treats them badly, especially Jumbo, he's different, but he's the main money maker. So are you thinking effectively a Pixar version of The Greatest Showman, but about all the singing, but which is cent- probably the but, best bit, but centered around the elephant rather than centered around P.T. Barnum? Yeah. Right, but that's one thing. But then, right? So basically, you get you see this really strong bond that Jumbo has with all the other animals, and we'll have like a, basically maybe a bit of a love triangle. <laughs> God. No, I think what between like um, the elephants and like the owner, and like the other animals. What sort of love triangle? Well, because like the not like a love on they say because the owner's really close with the elephant. Yeah, and then maybe like his wife says, and you spend. You spend too much time with this elephant. It's going to end up like an electric right? seal. So they say, you spend too much time with the elephant. And he goes, I don't care because the elephant is my passion. I have a question. Yeah. When when, <laughs> when was the era of P.T. Barnum? Is it the late like Victorian era? Wasn't I it? believe it was 1800s. Is it possible that Dumbo and because of what happens to Dumbo in the Disney film. Oh, yeah. I think that, yeah that, is, that is derived from... The age of P.T. Barnum. Yeah, but the and issue Jumbo. is... Yeah. Hold on. Is Jumbo effectively a true-to-life prequel to Dumbo? You see, this is why I'm going to wrap it all in, right? <laughs> so... Does Jumbo have a baby? Right. Yes. And the, and the baby's Dumbo? Yes. Yeah, the, mother, yes. the mother doesn't fight the no. train. No, but this is the thing, right? So, has a baby, and the baby's walking on the train tracks. And there's a train. So he goes... I'm going to fight this train for my baby. So goes and fights the train, right? He or she? Is Jumbo a boy or a girl? I think it's a boy. I mean, they can't have... Well, no, they can't give no, birth Jum- to Jumbo. Jumbo could no. have been the father of Dumbo. So then at the end... Yeah, yeah the reveal, never see the father, The reveal you? could be yeah. that then another baby's born and the big ears come out. Yeah. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, this was a prequel. It's a bit... And like, but you see, the message is mm-hmm. that... So he, he fights the train, mm-hmm. right? And he's killed by the train. And like, That's because you can't beat a train. <laughs> What's your message? The, the message really is that sometimes... Things, Trains are stronger than you. <laughs> things are worth the risk. But not in the case of fighting the train. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it is, because you had Dumbo. Yeah, but he would have had yeah, Dumbo, Dumbo anyway. anyway. Yeah, but this is the thing. No, because Dumbo's... Like, it's not like... In I'm or- saying... Like it's not as if like it's a contract whereby once you <laughs> once elephant based conception has occurred that the male of the species has to go and fight <laughs> some, some form Look, of public I'm transport. I'm thinking either like the mother is pregnant, or I was thinking. So basically, it's not like you have like 
the pregnant like mother on the trucks. So he sacrifices himself to like save the pregnant. Maybe the pregnant mother and like <laughs> the owner is riding the elephant. So he's like, oh, my best friend and my wife on the trucks. I need to do something. But then, the, so the owners decide to ride the elephant on the tracks. The pregnant <laughs> elephant. Yeah, and but then like, got, like they a don't train think, transformer. They, they, do <laughs> they don't think the train's coming along. So like, oh, we'll, oh, be, we'll, fine. Just go on the tracks. we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Because of rush for time, so like, we'll be fine. How is this a Pixar film? Is this <laughs> because film it's, got, it's got the meaning behind it of you know don't what? Don't fight trains. <laughs> In life, gentlemen, can I maybe suggest that we wrap this up? Yes. All I will say, if you do type this into Google, because there is an amazing illustration um, of this fight between Jumbo and a train is something truly <laughs> exceptional. Okay, so let's do what we usually do when we pitch mm -hmm. a, a film. Let's vote for somebody else's pitch. We cannot vote for our own. Okay. Adam, we're going to start with you. Remind me what yours two were. So, oh, yeah, Bang and Bruce and... No nope. Pain, No Rain. No Pain, No Rain. Yes. Rob, how about yourself? I'm going to go for Finding Bruce. Yes. It's all down to you. I'm... Oh, okay. Don't you dare. <laughs> I I think your concept of the beginning of a raindrop is is a beautiful concept, and mm -hmm. I think it 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 would remind me of something like I've lost because that's why you're going to me first. No, no, no. And I think I like the idea of Jumbo being some sort of prequel to Dumbo. However, train fighting as well. I yeah, I think. Yours doesn't feel... Yours feels like a Disney movie. Nice. It doesn't feel like a Pixar movie, Adam. All right? Wait until it's released. Okay. <laughs> and for that reason alone, I could see your film be more like a, a live-action film, Adam. Nice. Yeah, like what they've done with like Aladdin and Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. That's what I thought when writing the script, really. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And purely by default... Right. Default. I, I, I vote for, for for Rob's. I was ready to properly cheer there, but, but it, I, by default, because your idea was so terrible. I but let's let's be fair, of the three of them, the one that's most likely to be made is finding Bruce. You can't do we're just, we're just, we're just gonna vote. No, no, from no, no, it, no. So you can't be like, like no, Oh yeah, but Rob, mine would be the best Rob, mine. You mine's win a Pixar film. You you win. You win through the votes. You win through the votes. Yeah, but in yeah. terms of in terms of the game of, of realism, yeah, Finding Bruce is more likely to be come a film than but what. Mine's, no. mine's an original concept, whereas because I could have taken another Pixar film and I could I could have done the whole spin-off thing, but no, mine's an original con. Actually, I've won. I don't need to argue yeah. this. <laughs> and the mind game. <laughs> Okay, so now we are going to do our non-spoiler Toy Story 4 review. This is really important today because Adam hasn't actually seen the film yet. Yes. Uh, yes. Growth mindset. When are you going to go see it? Um, do you intend to see it? I do intend to, but I probably won't till August. Right, okay. I think... <laughs> Any particular reason why? I'm in Africa. Oh, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to it, actually, is there a desire to go and see it? Because with it being the fourth one, like what are your I feelings towards it? I wasn't hyped for it because of the fourth one. I thought, I think it'll still be good, but I was like, I thought it ended well at three. Mm -hmm. so I, I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. I had almost no appetite to see Toy yeah. Story 4 until the the reviews for it came back as positive as they did. And then I was like, okay, so they haven't completely ruined Toy Story. Let's go and catch it. it I mean, again, I could only say that again. It was Toy Story 3 felt like a fantastic end of the Toy Story franchise. That when they announced Toy Story 4, I thought, oh, no. Are you ready to cry each other? It is, the, for me, it is the best film trilogy ever. Yeah. And I think it's important to still look at it, look at Toy Story 1 to 3 as a trilogy by itself mm. and look at Toy Story 4 as almost a separate entity. I, I looked into this actually and apparently they had, <coughs> sorry, they had uh, planned to do Toy Story 4 before Toy Story 3 had come out. Hmm. Because this was the whole thing of whether, you know, Toy Story is a massive 
a franchise makes a lot of money mm. and not having that sort of money spinning idea to actually there was some story to tell and I was exactly the same where I was thinking well no you, there's there's such a big potential to ruin it because Toy Story 3 yeah. capped it off so perfectly um, and I was pleasantly surprised and it, all of a sudden mm. I realised oh there was more story to tell I just yeah. really didn't realise that so uh, let's very quickly just go over the plot for Toy Story 4. Yeah. So, uh, directed by Josh Cooley. Yes. Uh, the This uh, episode of Toy Story um, is primarily centred around Woody. And he, him and the rest of the toy gang are now with new child or new kid <laughs> now with child uh, now, are now with new kid bonnie um after yes. being given away by andy in the third one oh. um now bonnie's about to start kindergarten and she's very nervous about it and woody decides to hitch a ride along to kindergarten to help bonnie out along the way and in doing so helps bonnie to create a new friend yes called forky forky and Bonnie effectively creates a new toy and Forky comes to life. Yes. Because I, I, when I saw like Forky was in this film initially, I was thinking, oh no, he looks like a terrible character, to be honest. And I thought, what are they trying to do here? And mm. it does ask those sort of questions as to the logistics of how it actually works. Mm. But I like that they kind of poke poke fun at that and one I, I found this film to be very very funny yes um, and actually Forky as a creation um, my daughter she wanted a Forky uh, toy before we even saw the film um, and so she took Forky along and I was very chuffed that she had chosen Forky because I probably would have bought her um, after the film because he is an amazing character the, the thing is is that I <laughs> first of all you're right the yeah. film is very funny the first 10 to 15 minutes, it for me, it stalls a little bit. Right. It, it doesn't feel like it gets going. But then it has to introduce Forky as a character and introduce Forky and the concept of Forky and the, the, <laughs> the existential questions that yes. come with the concept of Forky. Um, it's, when, it's when they go on the road trip to the carnival, that's when it really, really starts to step on it and it really yeah. the, the the narrative really goes for it um so there is a character in this called gabby gabby who is i guess kind of the villain of the film yeah she's don't, she's don't she, said too much there but yeah it's I won't. very interesting what they do with gabby, gabby. yeah that Gab, gabby gabby is kind of the <clears throat> villain of the film and she um and, and again we'll come back to there's a conversation I want to have in regards to Toy Story 4 and and classification mm -hmm. actually as well <laughs> because there is Gabby 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 is uh, her henchmen are these really terrifying ventriloquist dolls but you just need to think of uh, goosebumps and very slap, much so is, yeah it's pretty much what they are yeah um, and in fact one of and i love the horror references yes. in in uh in toy story 4 there's there's one there's there's references to the film vincent which is to do yeah. with the well, anthony hopkins references to doll. your favorite film the shine there is a reference yeah. to the shine as well and i won't tell you where that <clears throat> reference is but it's it's very it's 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 crept in there via a record player um and there's what's what's great is that you can tell that the filmmakers just love films yeah but they they also they also love exploring some very deep ideas and the the big question is what does it mean to be a toy what is a toy yeah does a toy necessarily have to be something that is made in a factory no yeah. a no that's the idea no i'm agreeing no, yeah. with you Paul. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> a toy ultimately a toy is entirely up to a child's imagination yeah. of what a toy can and cannot be and i love that existential question of i mean being a toy isn't that the beauty of a film like toy story that you know it's a kid's film mm. But you can analyze it, and you can go so deep yep. within the concept, and it's what Pixar managed to do so well within. And the fact that this then this film does ask those questions um, it is really good to see. Yeah, um, I would say in terms of the horror things, it does feel like it's got a lot of jump scares 
uh, within it. So yeah, I was very tired on the way we went, and I did have a moment where I was starting to fall asleep. That's nothing to do with the film, um, but then a nice jump scare came along. And it woke me up, so I was very appreciative of it, of it having that element to it. I was surprised that it was a U classification. Yes. Yeah, I thought it would be PG because I, 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 even I found some certain elements of the film quite scary. Well, the ventriloquist. I wasn't scared, but dolls. I found some, yeah, the ventriloquist dolls in particular. I I found particularly that. Whoa, okay. Yeah. The just their mannerisms, the way that they. Moved. Uh, moved the way they <laughs> stared with their kind of their cold eyes yeah. um it yeah very uneasy so i was very surprised that they they gave it a you yeah but i'm glad they gave it a you because i i think it's important that we scare kids yeah i do <laughs> i do i i think being scared is a is a fantastic reaction to have in a film but what should downs are you so no no he's saying being scared not traumatized <laughs> yeah there's a massive difference no, is it you yeah, it's really? a, no, it is yeah, a okay. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I do think I think <laughs> it, I think it is important. I mean, like if if you think of like kind of like PG or twelve A rated uh, horror films like The Hole, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, where yeah, yeah. the whole you know, and I, I do I think it's really important that that kids are given an opportunity to be to be scared mm-hmm. uh, and to and to explore that emotion of being scared. Yeah, like when I watch a horror film. I, I sleep like a baby that night. I, I find horror films like Relaxer. that, and that in a way, yeah, because a nappy on. It, it, it's a Warm it's milk. a <laughs> it's it's a Hot real water. it's a real um, it's a it's a it's, it's 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 a true experience. It is a thrill. It's a yeah. good thing Ellen DeGeneres does where she she scares people because you get that thrill afterwards of when it's the set. Well, it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like listing that 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 fear response, and it yeah. is a great thing. And yeah, I'd, I'd never shy away from a horror in, in kids' films, uh, but I do love horror anyway. Yeah. So if I can start to expose my daughter to it now, I can then train her up to there you go. watch the amazing films. This time next week. Next time next week. Texas Chainsaw. That's the one. <laughs> okay. um, Toy Story 4. We, Texas Chainsaw. Natural we, progression. We need to talk about Duke Kaboom. Yes. Oh my goodness. Duke Kaboom was amazing. Yeah. And I think Keanu Reeves' yes. voice in Duke Kaboom was inspired choice. I've got to say, Keanu Reeves at the moment can do no wrong. Mm. I mean, I, the other film I've seen recently is John Wick 3. Right. And Oh my goodness, the opening of that film is unreal, is unbelievable. Um, coming out, he's going to be in Cyberpunk 2077. The video well. game, yeah. yeah. So he's he's just on the up, and Duke Kaboom. Um, I don't know, again, he was he, he had that perfect amount of humour as well to be yeah. introduced within a film. There's already got so many characters. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing you could say, a lot of the original characters kind of pushed to one side mm-hmm. and uh, totally fa- agree. fairness for Mr. Potato Head um, but but other ones there were kind of didn't really have much to do yeah not even Jesse not even Jesse now Jesse Jesse had <clears throat> some elements and there, there's a there's a scene nearer towards the end of the film where where Jesse's importance is is brought yeah. to the fore but uh, yeah I, I I missed I missed seeing those characters in action yeah um, I was wondering Bo Peep. She's yes. back. She's a massive yes. part of she's the a film. Mass- she wasn't yeah. in the last one, was she? And she no. is ace no. as well. She's so good in this film. And and the and the way that they have characterized her as a very independent woman. Mm-hmm. She she all the way that she dresses at points yeah. makes her look like you know that World War Two poster yes. with the woman with yes. the uh-huh. with the yeah. sort of showing her bicep yeah. and she's wearing the factory mm-hmm. gear Bo Pete or Bo as she's known as more, more in this film she looks like that at points she looks like a a, a female empowered factory worker from the yeah. from World War Two or something she just she looks um ready for action and adventure she's brilliant you're gonna ask about it was explaining the third one why she wasn't there well, no, so they mention in terms of the toys disappearing yeah. and someone does say, and Bo, and you get a lovely... Yes, I remember Woody that. Being like yeah. Bo. Sure but it, was... it wasn't really explained. There's a thing with it Bo, is. which was interesting because she's porcelain. 
Um, yeah. So it was always a thing with the first ones where they were unsure how to use her because things were getting a bit more action orientated. And if yeah. they took yeah. her out of that, you know, the, the things that happened. And I was pleased to say as well, they do address that in the oh. in this film. And yeah. um, other things they do really well is, I don't know if you've seen the shorts, uh, the short films that they had between Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4. No. Um, so you've got uh, Toy Story of Terror, which is, if you think we're Jessie, it's, it's all about her. And um, they have lovely moments in in the film which actually relate to these these short films that they've had between right which was really nice to, to feel that sort of world building yeah and um, combat carl he is from one of them and well, voiced by carl weathers I, honestly if you've not seen i think it's toy story of terror it's something like that combat carl is an amazing character so do go check that out if if you'd like that one there's there's so many what's 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 great about toy story 4 and I think we can both say it. it's a great film. Oh, a great! Fi- I definitely recommend going to see it. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. great film, and it's definitely worth seeing in the cinema with with a good audience of all ages. Mm-hmm. We, I, we, I had this, um, I had this child behind me with with their mum or mum and dad, and yeah, the child was sort of talking at little points throughout the film, but I didn't mind it because the kid was was excited about the film, yeah. was asking questions about the film. Yeah. You know, mum and dad were doing their absolute best to sort of say, shh, you can't, you're, you're in the Shut cinema. up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're in the cinema, you can't be quiet. Like, and trying to really sort of show the kid how what the etiquette in the cinema is like. And I love that. And I, the idea of Toy Story 4 being your first cinema experience, what a first cinema experience ah. that would be for a kid. But you, you get as well with, with being a parent, and especially now that um, Pixar films are so great, Yeah, um, that you you don't want your kid to, to start messing around because actually no. you want to watch the film. So mm. you'll see parents who are literally going, shut up, watch it, because I want to watch it there. Just just pipe down. You're ruining my childhood. Yes, yeah, I don't yeah. care that you're not enjoying it. I think my first here for film me. was a Pixar film. Was it? I think it was Ratatouille. Was your first cinema experience? Yeah, I think so. Oh, God, that makes me feel so old. I know old. I was going to say that. That makes me feel so old, old, Adam. I think I was... But again, that's a great first cinema experience. Was, was probably the, the original Toy Story. It's got to be around there. Um, was that 95? Yeah, it was around there. 96? Is it 95? I very vividly remember... You know open scene that he jumps out the window? Mm. Yes. And there's a freeze frame. I vividly remember... Screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I vividly remember that. So we went in... I think about a few seconds late, uh-huh. so we just went in at the s- screen of that. Like, ah, oh, it's about rats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me. Did did going to see Ratatouille encourage you to be a great cook? You know what? <laughs> I was like, think you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to cook now. And my mum was like, you can't have a rat to help you. And I was like, what's the point then? <laughs> I need a rodent controlling <laughs> controlling my limbs by my hair. Rats in your hair. Um, yeah. The, the only thing I would I've heard a lot of people weren't happy with um, the ending in particular. What Woody, what what happens? I suppose I don't I don't want to go too much into it. Okay. What was what was your sort of views on that? Um, there were parts of it that felt a little half baked. Really? Okay. Kind of, it kind of comes back. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record because this is something I said regarding the girl with all the gifts last yeah. week. Yeah, I. I very much like the ending. I very much like the ending amongst the credits. Mm. I did feel that there an interaction between two very key characters was missing. It, I would have liked to have seen more interaction between those two characters. God, it's so it's so difficult to talk about the ending, Rob. Without yeah, I was gonna, I, we're not going to spoil I, it. We won't do it. I think for me, I was I was satisfied. I think that's what made yeah. me realize it was needed. And I'd say, as a character arc, yeah. it does just cap it off. And I'd, I'd completely support that ending. I'd, I wouldn't even say it was half-baked. I thought it was huh. very well-conceived. From, okay. from Toy Story all the way through Toy Story 2, 3, and 4. Yeah, I I would have liked to have seen more Buzz Lightyear in the film. I like... Uh, Key and Peele being... A... Oh, being the two fluffy toys. Yes. I forget their names. But yeah, Key and Peele were excellent in the film. Uh Giggles, the little tiny. I mean, all, all the new, all the new all the characters, characters are great. They put through didn't because did an amazing job to then just be accepted and, and loved within the film. Yeah, was it G- Sergeant Giggles, or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Dim- dimples, I don't know. Giggles, <laughs> dimples, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, there is there is a lot to love mm. about Toy Story 4. So It's not you, perfect, but... Would you consider it a classic? Yes. In 15 years? Yes. Yeah, it, but I think it needs to come with the... With one, two, three, and four all together, they they just need to stand out. Do you, I, do you just I, think Toy Story four? I just I I think you. Toy Story one to three. Mm-hmm. I still look at Toy Story four as an annex to Toy Story to Toy Story three because I think with Toy Story through to Toy Story three, it very much felt like a, it very much felt like about Woody and Buzz's and the toys responsibility as toys to Andy yeah. and about their adventure of getting home and all that sort of thing. Toy Story 4 very much felt like a toy story. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Do you know what? I, it I was... felt less about Bonnie yeah. and much more to do yeah. with being a toy rather than belonging just to... Woody shouting in my head. You just a toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's where I stand on that. I'd one. say, because I was thinking about this and it does feel like almost like an epilogue to the trilogy. Yes. And I think the reason that worked, if you've, well, all of Breaking Bad, I'd say Breaking Bad does something very similar where it doesn't end with the last episode. It ends a bit before then and has a sort of epilogue to finish Can I just say, I love how journey. we're comparing Toy Story and Breaking Bad well, together. Woody and Walter White have a lot of similarities. Do they? I don't know. I've just said that. <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Now we're going to They get very me. jealous. They get very jealous. Attempted murder. Um, Woody pushes Buzz in the first film behind... The desk, yeah. Like Woody, actually, Woody he pushes him out the window. Yeah, Wood, well, that's what he's attempting to do. Woody in the first three films isn't necessarily that nice. If you think even no, Toy Story, he is 3, very jealous. He's very much like I'm not sticking with you, and he, you know, he doesn't say bye or something when he's leaving the play He just tips his hat and storms off. Yeah. So there you go. He's Walter White in the <laughs> toy world. <laughs> what a revelation! <laughs> right. So yes, to answer your question, Adam, I would. <laughs> Toy Story Four is a classic, but maybe with just like a little star sign over the top right. of it, saying star symbol over the top of it, saying as an annex to. The I three. suppose you, yeah, you could. It's probably the one you could watch most as a standalone. I'll get watch it mm. at some point. I really what what I what will stop it from being a classic though is if they try and make another one. They have Wait, to. Wait, those become Walter White. Yeah. <laughs> they've got to. They've got to draw a line with it now. They yes. have to. Yes. They have to because otherwise, it it will just end in up in space. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> Woody the thing Jason. is, Pixar, generally speaking, other than the Cars films and that one <laughs> film called The Good Dinosaur. Oh, careful now. I, Pixar, generally speaking, cannot do wrong. But I think they, if they, if they try and go down this route of making another Toy Story film, it just won't feel the same. There is definitely a conversation to have for another day because I love the Good Dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for... The Good. The Bad. And, and the, the Bowron. This Go. time, I'm going to recommend a good film. That's no, that's, that's not, not the not point. The, no, the right? This is the thing. Like, that's not the point. I know, but it is the point. Basically, <laughs> right, you've seen the trailer, because I've made you watch the trailer. Right? right. So you've watched this thinking, this is a terrible film. Yes. Some background to it. It was made on a $200 budget. Oh, it's this, that one. And this is... <laughs> Uganda's first action film. Right. Who killed Captain Alex? Oh, I've heard about this. So this is a guy, this was made quite a while ago, yes. wasn't it? Now, this is a guy who, who became famous for making this film. Did he not put it on YouTube he or put something? On, well, no, what happened was someone put on YouTube for him, I think, originally. Yeah. Because he just sold it to people around his village. Yes. And then he destroyed every copy of it. Yes. Because he needed... What, even the ones he'd sold? No, like, oh. he destroyed on his hard drive because he didn't have room for his next project. He destroyed it. <laughs> so he deleted it. Right, um, okay. So he could make room for his next project. And then it just blew up. And this film, I want to talk on this one. Because this film should be bad. 
it's two it's an action film on 200 pound and that mainly went towards the camera rest of them are just friends who are acting the sets are just random unused locations that no one else is using but if this director was given like a proper budget to like a big film it would be the most epic action movie of all time. He wouldn't know what to do with it, Adam. No. He wouldn't know what to do with it. Because the thing is, right, you you can get some fantastic directors who are very, very restricted in terms of their resources and they can make amazing films with it. And then the moment that some big studio comes on and goes, hey, you're a great director. You know how to be really resourceful. Let's see what you do with $200 million. Yeah, it's always hit and miss. I think always hit and miss. The, the Russo brothers, recent times, are the only ones that have been able to go from that, successfully from that independent scene to making huge blockbuster movies and do it in a way that is, and, and, and be really good in that transition. That and the directors of Captain Marvel. Now, it is undeniably naff in a lot of aspects. <laughs> right? Undeniably naff. It's undeniable. Because there's a lot of, the plot is never really resolved. So you do not find who killed Captain Alex? I want not to find spoil it. But. You don't. <laughs> the plot is not Is really, Captain Alex even in it? It's not really resolved. Um, a lot of like the characters, I think the head of the Tiger Mafia, the villain is called Richard. Brilliant. Absolutely there's a, brilliant. There's a lot. So, and, but of course, the action, I'm not kidding, The action what, like, is completely off the walls insane. So how are they able to do this on action? $200? It was $200. In, in equivalent currency. Yes. Right. Um, I believe a lot of them were just toy guns. But so do they just shout bang? No, no, they have like sound effects and like, they put like... From the, their mouths? No, they have sound effects. <laughs> I, can you not do good? I, I, you could surely you can do good realistic gun sounds from yeah. the mouth. Bang! That was me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, and the uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it all that you've got to see the hand actions. Though. <laughs> I can't do it about the hand actions. <laughs> oh! <laughs> What's this become? <laughs> like? anyway. I'm sorry, Adam. The best part of it, undeniably, is VG Emmy. And VG yeah. Emmy is a guy who narrates over the entire film. So what is right. the film about? Who, who killed, killed Captain, Captain Alex? Alex? Right, but... So right, there's this guy called Captain Alex and everyone loves him. Okay. Yeah. Right? He gets killed. But then, right, he's messing with the Tiger Mafia and they're like these mafia guys. Yeah. Um, but then one day, gets killed. No one knows who killed him. And it sparks a war between the Tiger Mafia... And the um, commandos. So what makes so you're saying the action in the film make makes it a good film? Oh, the action! I'm not kidding. It is so fast paced because you've got especially the kung fu scenes, right? There's kung a like fu. Jane, these people actually were trained in kung fu, so it's actually right, pretty cool. good. That's, that's um, pretty cool. There's a line by VG Emmy whenever they do, whenever they start kung fu, he just that is great. He just shouts out, "Everyone in Uganda knows kung fu." <laughs> <laughs> They go into a massive fight, and it is just some. It's a shot in a way that like makes it sound like incredibly fast-paced and intense. This is what I'm saying. He should just continue making good two hundred dollar films. I think. I think if you give, I don't mean like massive, massive budget, but enough to make some of the effects look more polished, right, like okay. actual props, right. and like maybe. I would say even some actors, but I think some of the acting here is brilliant. <laughs> some of them, I think there's maybe Tiger Mafia's brother. He just goes off his own little adventure for a bit. Oh, sorry. Before, How long is the film? Yeah. 90 minutes. No, I think it's only an hour. Okay. This is a bit I want to touch on before I forget. Throughout the entire film, the soundtrack is Seal, Kiss from a Rose, but played <laughs> on the pan pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm absolutely there. I think it's not for all of it, but like, there's there's definitely. I remember one scene where this guy's like sneaking about. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out. It's just you blowing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, sounds like that. Just like a. Pretty good. Do you know what? With our gun sounds, I 
musical ability. I think we could make a film to rival this one. And we'd make it for a pound. We'd do it for a pound. <laughs> that, pound that pound would just be how much it costs for my rider on the film, <laughs> which, is, which is one singular Twix. <laughs> so w why should we watch it then? Just the action scenes of I, I, absolutely. I, they are fantastically shot, delivered, fast-paced. VG Emmy is one of my favourite characters. They should have more films where people just narrate over the plot. Do, are you saying he just narrates constantly? He basically, throughout... Does he ever stop or just constantly goes? In the action scenes, he just says random noises at some point. So at one point, like, if action's getting so intense, he goes, ah, movie, movie, movie! This is intense! <laughs> <laughs> and he just narrates over the entire thing. Right, okay. I, I, think, no. I think I'm curious enough to you, watch this. Do you know what, right? Huh? This just shows the power of filmmaking, doesn't it? And the power of cinema. That some random guy in Uganda mm. made a film with his mates, decided that he didn't want it anymore in his hard drive because he needed to create a new film, deleted it. But yet, through the power of cinema, mm -hmm. some random six-former in the northeast of <laughs> in the northeast of England was able to watch it but and enjoy it. I re Jenny, I was I was in tears of just how it was, it's funny. It's so so funny. VG Emmy is the life and soul of this. Okay, okay, right. okay. I'm gonna find time to I'm, watch I'm, this. I'm gonna find time. This to is watch the this first one. time. Uh, well, Fairy no, because you did, you, yeah, and actually butterfly effect as well. I did but this one's easy. To, it's just on YouTube, yeah. This is on YouTube. I think it's in seventy minutes. Right, I'm going to watch I it. Think so. Is it anything like Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You'll find out. Okay, fantastic. Well, as in, it's got two D animation in it. Potentially, does I don't it have, know. Does it, it have two D animation in it? Well, does it? Okay, <laughs> right. I was about to ask a really stupid question, yeah. and that stupid question was going to be, is Bob Hoskins in it? <laughs> no, he's too busy. Uh, Mario, isn't he? Mario, Mario. Mario, Mario. Mario, Mario. <laughs> and Luigi, Mario. All right. Yeah, Deal? I'm there. Deal. Yeah. We're going to watch it. Nice one, Adam. And now it's time for our... TikTok, TikTok, 30 second recommendations. Are you enjoying my jingles this week? <laughs> it was more than the move you did that. Are you enjoying my jingles? I am enjoying your jingles. I was enjoying the jingles last week as well. They were sounding very, very good, those new jingles you put on. Oh, well, thank delightful. you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you made them. I know I did. That's why I'm saying how good they are. There's oh. new jingles oh. on uh, last week. I better get yeah. to all the new jingles. So, um, yeah, so... Like always, before we uh, sign off for this week's podcast, we're going to give you our 30 second recommendations. I get the feeling you're going to have quite an eclectic mix of recommendations this week. Adam, we're going to start with you. Are nice. you ready? Yes. Three, two, one, commence. I'm going to recommend I, Daniel Blake. Uh, I want to say this is a film that I enjoyed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's got to be a film to recommend it. <laughs> but I thought it's such a—it's really powerful film. I'd—I would call it a political statement, but it's more of a political outcry against the current government that is in. Uh, Ken Loach directed it, and is just especially from Newcastle, it feels like it hits close to the home, um, because the, I probably know people. Times up through that. Yeah, you may well do. Uh, I saw I, Daniel Blake at the Tyneside Cinema. Uh, in, I think the first or second week it came out. And I'm not even from the northeast of England. And it really, really hit me. It really hit me. It's hard. It's a hard to watch. Uh, but it's it needs to be watched, I think. Yeah, agreed. It, it, it's an important film. Yes. A, a really important film. Rob hasn't seen I'm it. Not, Especially with Boris it. Johnson on the horizon. Yes. <laughs> and just in this age of austerity yeah. in general. Absolutely. Lovely. Ready? Over to you. I'm ready. In three, two, one, commence. Right, I'm going to recommend Tucker and Dale versus yes. Evil. Oh, I already like Um So in terms of this film, it starts off um, quite quite generic, really. You think you know what's going on. Uh, but Tucker and Dale as characters are very, very funny. And then through them trying to interact with the other people in the film, it just ends up going absolutely outrageous. Uh, there's loads of gore in there, loads of horror, loads of humor. And Alan Tudnick, who is in like all your Pixar films and The Amazing Serenity, is there as well for top laughs. So do go and watch that now. That took me by surprise, that film. It really does. Yeah. It's, you, you don't expect it to be good <laughs> no, when it I starts. Highly underrated. Oh, so underrated. Dale versus Evil. It's, yeah. um, 
I love that film. It's so good. Okay. You ready for yours? Yeah. Yep. Okay, three, two, one, commence. Hey, kids, want to watch a film <laughs> about cannibalism that isn't actually about cannibalism? Then I recommend watching the French horror movie Raw, which tells the story of a girl who, or a young woman who goes off to veterinary college. She's a stringent vegetarian, but through um, initiations, when she arrives at college, she starts to get a taste for meat and all hell breaks loose. Enjoy. Go watch it. Fantastic. I'm really curious about that film. Especially when you say it's not about cannibalism. I've been wanting to watch it since I heard, I think, like, Kermode would review it a while ago. Yeah, it was his, it was his best film, best of, film of 2016, I think, maybe. Yeah, I've yeah. been wanting to watch it since the season. And, yeah, and, and he, like, you think of some other films that came out during that time, like Moonlight as well. For him... Raw was the the best film that year, and uh, I can see where he comes from because it is it is brilliant and and it is definitely worth watching. It is not do not watch it if you are of. Is this on the thirty second recommendation? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, well, we need no, to know. Well, who, well, do well, not no, watch no, it. No, 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 no. Do I not think, watch it. I think if... I think we should. Raw is definitely a film that needs to be talked about. Okay. So let's let's talk about Raw at a later time on the podcast, and we'll center a podcast around. But I need to Raw. know if I should watch it. You were saying, do yes. not watch it if yeah. don't watch it if you have. Um, if uh, don't uh, <laughs> now, I don't know. Do you watch it on an empty stomach, or do you not watch it on an empty? Do you watch hard. it whilst eating? Don't watch it whilst eating. Okay. Do definitely do not watch it whilst eating. Right, okay, won't increase your appetite. It depends on the kind of person. <laughs> right, okay. if, if you're a cannibal. If, if, if you're a cannibal, this, this is like watching Saturday Kitchen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the one from the IT crowd. The cannibal from there. Yes, there yeah. is a cannibal in there. I think he would enjoy it. Yeah, he would. But he's not real. He's a actual character. <laughs> I think we're forgetting something. No, we're not. Ready? Oh. Plot twist. Um, we've you got... screwed it up. Plot twist. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Now you want right. me to play so, games like a... Last week's... What was, remind us of what it yeah, was. Yeah, please remind us of the clue. <clears throat> After his assistant was brutally killed, a sick magician fails to relaunch Korea. Now, yeah. I need to stop guessing throughout the week because I already yeah. know where it is now. And I'm, I'm going to try next week to make sure yeah. that, I, that I don't spoil you the surprise. So what do you think it is? I haven't got a blinking clue. I'm always rubbish when it comes to these sorts of things. <laughs> do you so, know? so after his... A sick magician. After a sick magician. No, after his assistant. Is brutally murdered. Murdered. A sick magician. Fails to relaunch Korea. Not a clue. Not a clue. Yeah, can I have another clue? <laughs> uh, you like this film and we don't. It's a, it's a classic. It's um, of the 80s? Yeah, I think it was 80s. I like this film and you two don't. Ridley yeah. Scott directed it. And you said I watched the wrong version. Oh, are you talking... Blade Runner. Yes, Blade Runner. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It so does. now I need to unpack this, okay? I, why is he a sick magician? Yeah. Because at the end of the film, he produces a dove from <laughs> nowhere. Like a magician. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does at the end. He turns around holding a dove. Okay, right. But hold, <laughs> hold on a minute. Why does he successfully fail to relaunch his career? No, he... Because he dies. Oh, he, sorry, he fails to... No, he doesn't die. Deckard doesn't. Deckard doesn't die. No, no, the robot does. What robot? One with the dove. Ah, oh, in Tears in the Rain. Tears oh. in the Rain. So we're on about oh, him. Hold yeah. on. Oh, but that's but always that's not misleading. His... Did you say after his assistant? No, the um, thingy-majiggy who does all the cartwheels. She was brutally murdered. Then he tried to reorder his career. Is it Daryl Hannah? Yeah. yeah. She gets brutally murdered. Yeah, she does. And then the sick magician dies in the rain because mm. he produces a dove. A, a sick magician fails to relaunch career. A what b- career? As <laughs> <laughs> a magician. <laughs> <laughs> that's not his career. Like, we don't see what happens to him before the film. He's that's a magician. Not the, maybe that's why he didn't like it. <laughs> that's not. That's not what he wants to do, though. But you see. Right, you cannot deny. And he doesn't. It doesn't. He doesn't magically come out with a dove. He does. He's, no, the dove appears from nowhere. No, he he's he's sitting on the roof with a dove. With a dove. Yeah. <laughs> that that doesn't, from nowhere. So, so that you, doesn't make him freaking David Copperfield. 
So you're saying if you hold a dove, <laughs> no, that's it, you're, you're a magician. No, you're going to get nowhere. You're just it's not like at a wedding ceremony where people decide, oh, do you know what? We're going to release some doves like, in a wedding ceremony. Like, it, it doesn't suddenly make the bride and groom magicians. But where are you from? Oh, where are you from? Right, rename this feature Wind Up Mr. Day. Not the next one for next week. Right, okay. Well, hold, on, hold on a minute. Hold on. Are you both telling me that you don't like Blade Runner? Yeah, true story. Yeah, I don't like it. Neither of you. No. no. But you loved Blade Runner 2049. Yes, I didn't expect to. But yeah, I completely love Blade Runner 2049. But, but you didn't like Blade no, Runner. No. But which version did you see? All of them. You've seen all of no, them? No, no. I've seen the one I've seen the one without the voiceover. That's the I've, correct one. I've seen the one with the voiceover. The voiceover is not the right one. So I watched I think I watched the the other one, I don't know which one the other one without the voiceover was. That's the right one. I think one I watched watch. that when I was like 12 or something. Oh, okay. So then I went back to watch it, but then I watched the voiceover one. Right. So I maybe just got it all wrong. Okay. But I don't want to watch it a third time because I've not enjoyed no, it twice please, now. Please revisit. Oh, no. Please revisit the director's or, or final cut of no, Blade I've Runner. I've seen please enough about it. What really we need even. is next week's. Okay. So uh, out this one. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not even going to. Li- calm down. Calm I'm down. not even going to listen to you, Adam, because <laughs> you're. It's a. It's, this is. This is a farce. Worried. <laughs> worried pet shop owner is happy after losing hat. No, not a clue. I haven't got a clue. Right. All's left clue. to say then is we're leaving here. Yeah. Bye, Adam. <laughs>